Howdy ho, Ranger Joe! Welcome back to First Off, You're Wrong, the podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. It's just Luke right now, because that's why I'm allowed to do a crazy opening like that without Jeremiah getting mad at me. This week, we continue the conversation about why you guys are wrong about the Manosphere, which includes Jeremiah, Aaron, and myself. Let me hit you guys with a disclaimer before we get into the episode. Remember, everyone, this podcast is mainly opinion-based unless otherwise stated. Our utmost authority as Christians is Scripture, but with many of the topics we deal with, they may not be directly addressed, or they may be gray areas in the Christian life. Our goal is to make you come away from the podcast thinking about subjects you may not have thought about in the past. And with saying all that, let's get back into the Manosphere. But, sorry, go ahead. The, good to know. <laughs> we've talked a lot about like the bads of the Manosphere. Is there anything good about the Manosphere? We talked about some of the goods of it. And like honestly, thankfully, you guys left Sam Hyde out of the bads. I was really thankful for that one because I didn't have to stand up. <laughs> I don't he wanna, texted me and it was I'm like, it, it's like if you put, if you put Sam, Hyde. Sam Hyde in the bad part, he's like, I'm going to... I might stand up. <laughs> I was like, I might defend it. I'm going to bat for you, Sam I might have Hyde. To, I, might have well, to I think the good stuff we talked about is more of like the traditional lifestyle. The Some, trad wise. The trad yeah, wise. Like, yeah. that, like that kind of stuff is good, I think. And again, I don't like that every time that we have to talk about you know, Tate or Fresh and Fit or Sneeko or Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson or any of these guys... And we're sitting here. I don't think we anyone talk when you talk about Jocko Willink. Anyone goes, "Oh my gosh, I hate that guy." Except Aaron, but that's just because he wakes up early. So anyway, wow. chapter <laughs> two, <laughs> chapter two, wake inside up early. Luke's Aaron, bedroom. Aaron, do, you, do you hate the military? Yeah. Do you what? hate veterans? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> only only those actively wow. serving. Only Navy SEALs. Only right. those who actively serve. The veterans, yeah. I'm okay with. Okay, yes. That's right. But I like I like both I like the troops, both sides. Anyway, Whoa. here's a toast <laughs> to the troops, guys. To both sides. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But the, like I said, the, like when we talk about them, everyone has to preface it with preface it with Oh, you know, I mean, I don't like what he says, you know, about everything, but I do like it's like guys, if he says something good, which they do say stuff that is good and is something that we can look at and go, this is objectively like even can be biblically looked at and said this is an actually good thing. Having a wife that loves you, building a a family. Now, the way they build their family again, I don't agree with but I'm saying like building our family up with Christian principles, mm-hmm. raising our children to be Christians, sitting here setting a good example for our sons to be good men and for our daughters to be great women and to like be like that Proverbs 31 woman and stuff like that. That's a good thing, building a family. And even, even though some of these people that are in the manosphere aren't necessarily telling us to do the latter part of what I said, they're at least starting with the nuclear family. That is a good thing thing yeah and i it's think it's a that, tool christ gave us it's like it's the founding one of the foundations of like all civilization is literally what god started out with which is a man and a woman and then be and, fruitful and, that's, and multiply and that's why the world the foundation continually sits there and tries to destroy it every single yeah. day telling us how it's no we don't need that anymore and so that's again why i don't understand why when you have these guys that are supposed to be making us better then go that's good and then you should also have all your girlfriends on the side. It's like that. Why would I do that and teach like my if I have a daughter? Yeah. 
Like, God forbid in that situation, I have a daughter and I teach her, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. That's like me standing up at like my, one of my own family gatherings. I have daughters. <laughs> I stand up at a family gathering and say, I hate women. Only women around me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. You're going to get very far with that philosophy right there. Yeah. Um, and I think with, with specifically like Jocko or even David Goggins, if you want to use him, Joe Rogan, some of those people who are promoting like physical fitness and stuff like that and personal responsibility that can be great for people i know like if i'm not feeling motivated i'll listen to that uh like some of jocko's there's a guy on uh spotify and cannot take this i literally went to go research him today and i couldn't get through like three of his twitter posts like uh, it was literally this like motivational thing i woke up this morning aaron and i looked at the clock and i said one more Aaron shows a <laughs> Aaron. There are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Yes, Leif Babin. Yes, <laughs> not related. Uh, but the that's wait, Are you the, calling Jaco Willing a bad leader? I never, two. I never accused him. Of chapter that. two. But uh, no, you, know, you might have a point. Yeah, okay, but, it's a bad. Leader. You might have a point. There's, there's a guy called Akira the Don on uh, Spotify and YouTube. Heard. He does like lo-fi music, oh, yeah, but okay, he'll, okay, take, yeah. he'll take he'll uh, take yeah. like influencers and stuff and take what like some of their rants and speeches and whatever and put it to music he did it with jordan peterson jocko willing david goggins free plug for that guy you know if you want to listen to him go ahead i don't really care uh but <laughs> is that a plug wow. what a great plug. What a great plug also i don't care if you do it or not but guys but, this, like, uh, this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> jock yeah he has a whole album of jocko stuff yeah and you know you listen to those while you're working out and you're like okay yeah this is good good yeah my life is good good, man it's good it's really good but um you know that can be motivational right that's one thing but i'm not taking every ounce of wisdom in my life from jocko willink because i can't wake up at four four o'clock or 3 30 every morning i'm i get tired i get sleepy I have the point of You want me to say it? Stuff I'm not going to say not, it. Like, the, the biggest thing is, it, I find is if you take the principles from people like him or like David Goggins or Cam um, Haynes, yeah, all they, these these all people these, sit up here. It's the same you, problem I have with take, Andrew Tate and all them. But if it's you the take same thing, what they're, they're saying the and you apply it in a biblical manner, which is like discipline is freedom and things like that and taking ownership for what you've done and stop trying to blame everyone else also and, and work go, work makes also free, right? jocko, jocko does not say like, I mean, that people should wake up at four like he does. that's what i was saying he does he, he wakes up that early no, because he, he has a medical he, problem he's okay fine whatever yeah he also has a medical problem laziness Boom. anyway roasted yeah give me get out of the studio <laughs> i just saw a doctor this morning and it is not on my chart sir that's thank right. you very much but i was like those those guys i like their things because again it's you can apply those there's there's nothing in there about and then you're gonna go to the club <laughs> <laughs> like, I so like anyway, yeah. so anyway, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm at the club. No one else is here. There's no bad. There's the no doors bad are clubs, closed. Only bad women. Yeah. It's still daylight. I know. It's like that's why I, those ones are way more refreshing in the manosphere portion of it. And I think also though, if you've looked, I think a lot of these other guys, not fresh and fit per se, but like the Tates and stuff, they've moved away from the woman thing a lot. Um, not. 
not just calling women like evil or whatever they do, but it's but the the other part where it's like you know you need to you need to get as many women as you possibly can. You need to you need to start making. It's not making yourself better for that. Like because I mean even what's her name Candace Owens was talking to him and he she's like what would you ever consider getting married and the dude starts like blushing and it's almost like wow there like is some maybe some good in this like i mean you can like see where he's actually like thinking about like maybe i would like to do something like that one day as that opposed to what are you Ma- saying michael that- knowles went on the whatever podcast and he was talking to the host of whoever whoever runs whatever podcast and all all the girl and he's like no i would never get married and michael knowles who's a very traditional catholic guy who had no idea what the podcast was that's that was really funny to see his reaction to now he's sitting on this podcast with like seven women and had no idea what was gonna happen <laughs> he just showed up like oh this, that, why am i here but he he was asking him and grilling the host like why won't you ever get married and he's like oh well women are you know they're not loyal anymore and it's like well why not find a woman who is loyal why not stop being a boy and be a man and stop trying to you know sow your wild oats and actually settle down and be a provider and a man and not be this disgusting creature you are so would you say the black pill is like immaturity as men i think like a lot of immaturity it it it? could be immaturity but i think it's more nihilistness yeah and like really like experiencing the yeah just it's a very watching watching too much rick and morty too much pickle Rick in their life, but it's like because because like you said with Michael Knowles when he said to that guy like why don't you just stop being a boy and like you know not all women are sitting there cheating on you. I mean yeah. I have a wife and she's not cheating on me. No. You have a wife, she's not cheating. You have a wife, she's not cheating on you. So it's like I I don't like this thing where it's like it's impossible to find a good. I, it, again, when women say it's impossible to find a good man because they're 35 and what they've been doing for their 20s is going out and partying and refusing to ever settle down and to build a family and to be a wife and a mother. And then they get to 35 and go, there's no good men. Yeah. And you're right because all the good men have been taken. And so all the men that are left at 35 and 40 are not going to be good men because they also had red flags because they were bad men. So... You know, but then sitting here with that guy on the podcast, it's like, yeah, you can still be 35 though, and you can find there. There is not saying all 35 year old women or all 30 year old women are terrible. Like, there's still good out there. But sitting there and being like you guys said, nihilistic and uh, well, I, it's impossible. There's nothing out there. I, I'm just going to be you know by myself. I'm fine with this. It's like, well, first off, you're not because just as lonely as it is for women when they're 90 years old and there's no one there. When you're 90 as a dude, I mean, we are all men here. We know where our thoughts go, and I'm not talking like in you know like a perverted way, but like as in our thoughts when we're by ourselves and we get into that deep terrible dark like loop that brings like we're just sitting there thinking all these horrible things that are like happening and stuff like that and then women go what do you think about and we go nothing it, it's like but think about that you're think you're 90 years old and then you're sitting there still thinking like that and there's no one there you don't have any sons you don't have any daughters that are there with you it's just you by yourself so it's it goes the same way for both men and women yeah. in that respect but anyway i mean that was a really long tirade to be like so immaturity for black pill <laughs> but i mean like you were talking about um andrew tate earlier about the women thing and even like after his like prison sentence where he's like i mean i looked at his thing and i watched his live stream of like what his cell was like because he did a like a post and like recreated a cell 
and showed everyone like what it was like to be in there for the amount of time he was in there, which is just insane, honestly. But like, um, he, uh, you know, he during that time is like for some reason posting like talking about how he has a waifu and like posting anime girls. Do you not see this? No. Okay. Yeah. So he's like he's like posting. It's like I'm I'm swearing off of of real women and like post a picture of him in front of a car with like this like photoshopped in like. <laughs> anime girl next to <laughs> like, dude he's like dude uh, prison really messed him up okay um but that was like his thing because now his uh yeah you can look at it it's um and his uh his <laughs> i gonna go look at it he luke grabbed his phone immediately and yeah, it. it was incredible the speed why are you sweating so much yeah <laughs> guys it's not me it's just me all right but no it's like um yeah, we were talking about like the immaturity of like the black pill and stuff. Yeah, you could say the black pill is immaturity, but it's also like it, it's a lot of realization with a lot of or with a very large lack of hope mixed into it. That's yeah. it's seeing the world for everything it really is. Like what what is the curse? It's like you can vi- pretty much visualize it with the black pill very 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 well. You can point it out, you can see it, you can look at it, but you can't do anything about it. Yeah. You're you're stuck. That's it. And what, like, you look at the difference between the white and black pill that we've spent a lot of time on. But it, I, one of my favorite quotes is, I'm one man, but I am one man. I don't know who said it. I can't remember who said it. But it's saying, like, you know, I, I might just be one person, but I am still going to do what I can for me and mine. Right? I am one man, but I am one man. So you might not be able to go out. You might be looking around and seeing all this terrible stuff around you. You might be seeing the state of the world as it is, which as Christians, we should be looking around. And I mean, Vody Bauckham said in a sermon not too long ago that if if the Lord does not punish the U.S. for where we are right now, he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, and that's just where we are. So if you aren't looking around and you aren't realizing that, that doesn't mean you have to be nihilistic and doom and gloom. That doesn't mean you have to be, you know, constantly brooding and looking at the terrible things. No, we should be looking around, realizing what's going on, but following Christ and looking for the Savior. That is our main purpose. We are to be aware. We are to have field awareness, just like a a football player is to know what is going on around him. We are to know what is going on around us, and we have to react accordingly and act preemptively. Yeah. I like it. You're right. It's hard though, especially with how everything, again, we get stuck in the loop of just nothing ever is going right. And I think that that what you said about, um, is it Vody Vody Bauckham. Vody Bauckham. How do you say the last Bauckham. name? Bauckham. 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 I thought you said Walkham. I was like, I thought it was Bauckham. Anyway. No, Walk-Ons is that Cajun. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> but it's true because it's like how bad everything is in this country. And and we sit here and we read about Sodom and Gomorrah and we read about Babylon and we read about what the Israelites did and, and how they were punished. And we're like, yeah, like how awful were they? And it's like, look around you. Mm-hmm. We're teaching our children that trans being transgender is cool and and being gay at four is okay like that's not in my opinion okay it's not in the opinion of the bible is not okay by the opinion i mean the fact of the bible sorry not the opinion my bad anyway we got you we yeah got you. I, know, I know i know i'm just you know, whatever anyway but it's no not, let them talk 
Yeah, let, 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 <laughs> let him cook. Yeah. <laughs> let this oh, man cook. But it's we. It's not okay, and and we're and we push it. We parent. We have parents that are like, no, no. Let our children choose. Let we're gonna let our children guide. We're gonna let children guide what they're going to do, which is not biblical. It's not what God set up, and and we're and we're sitting here rejoicing over that. We're rejoicing over. Uh, surgeries for kids. We're rejoicing over drag queen story times. We're rejoicing over all kinds of ridiculousness. And then when when something good comes down the line, like let's say when the Supreme Court did their thing, and then we have all these protests across because nothing good can ever be celebrated. It's all bad. So it's like right as you start seeing good come through, and then people start protesting and 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 starting to do death threats and this that and the other it's like so there is no more good mm-hmm. or at least it doesn't look like there is so it's very hard to sit and just be like yeah i'm gonna be plugged into the world i'm gonna be plugged in to see what's going on so i can like you said we should be doing that but it's so hard to do it nowadays because it doesn't seem like there's anything good out there and there is a i know i fell into it for a little while but you start you know you read the bible and you might be a you might perceive yourself as a strong believer but you fall into the trap of what some people have called christian nihilism that is a real thing that a lot of people you probably don't even recognize it i know i went through it for a little while i'm sure a lot of people when you talk about it haven't even realized they went through it which is you recognize the sovereignty of god and that he is in control of all situations and because he is in control of all situations why should i do anything Therefore, you can't be in control. So, what does it matter? Exactly. Oh my goodness. And so that, <laughs> that I mean, a, I know I mean, like, uh, you, you saying that though. I look I at it and go, "Yeah, there's a lot of times in my yeah. life." Yeah, but, it, but like you that. talking about the white pill and the black pill, and it's like literally the same thing I just said. It's like yeah. he's control of everything. Why does it matter? Say it with a happy voice now. And now it's a white pill. It's that it's that duality of like your outlook on life: the white versus the black. You look at the same thing and see. Um, the terribleness and the darkness of it and the other people that have the white pill is they look at the same thing and they see the hope yeah that's like basically a hope that's in us you know because we we have hope these things we have so like we can look at that and say look we're out of control of this situation look i mean in a way you can almost say it's like humorous to some extent it wasn't so horrible but like it's like we're out of control of this like this isn't like within our control right here what we can do is we can pray about it Mm -hmm. what we can do is we can speak up and speak for right when we get our opportunities to do that. And um, I mean, that's, that's what we have. We have these, we have these, like, we do have abilities to, or we do have the ability to change these things and to have some type of input in them. But ultimately God's the one in control. And if he doesn't want us to change them because of his plan has a lot bigger than anything that we could perceive or see where this is going, his plan will continue on that same way. I think it's in, I'm going to be wrong. I think it's in Habakkuk and it's, it says, even if I told you what was going to happen, you would never believe it. And it's like, yes, it's exactly right. So it, it, God is in control of it. And it's like, even if we did know what was going on, we're humans, we could never understand it. Never, we'd never be able to fathom what is the, actually the plan here. But yeah, I, I, I can see the Christian nihilism thing being very popular and falling into it. I get then looking back at my life, I can tell you there's not, it's not been like, oh, there was a period. It's there's like troughs of yeah. me being like, here I am for a few months of like, yeah, I'm not looking at stuff. I don't really care because there's nothing I can do. But God's in control. And that's it. And, and you know, we have to remember that 
God's sovereignty does not negate man's responsibility. Right. right. We still have a responsibility. We still have to keep our flesh in subjugation, and we still have the responsibility to get out there to witness, to show Christ in all we do. Right. I've said it before on this show, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, the D.L. Moody quote, always preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Right? And that could be something I do. I don't play the Happy Monday or Happy Friday games or it's another Monday games at work, you know? You don't know this because you don't work a desk job. Uh, but <laughs> Why does you, everyone hate me for but that? you know what I'm talking DGIF, about. DGIF, my wreck ass. Yeah, yeah. Like almost Friday, hump day. Hump you day. Know, I don't play that. I don't play that game. Because, oh, dude, I love that game. People get so annoyed by that. <laughs> but I don't play that because I'm content and I'm happy that I have a job that I can use and I can work. And I can provide for a family. I can. I, why, why am I celebrating the end of the work week? I'm thankful that God has provided me this job, that I can work and I can do these things for His honor and glory. Well, right? and, and it's a small thing, but keeping a good attitude no matter what day of the week is something that a Christian should have. Oh, yeah, everyone has a bad day, but you should still have that Christ like attitude. But like, there's one thing that, like, you know, we talk about, like, what's the good side of the manosphere? And, like, what I think it is, is I think it's, like, the people that we're, like, surrounded with, like, yeah. in our church. And we, like, overlook that what so the, much. What if the it's real like, manosphere the, was the friends we made along the way? The real manosphere was the friends we made along the way. That's literally where I was going with this. But, like, the, oh, the um, but there's, like, one quote. I keep telling Luke this, and it's not quoted from, like, some great man who will be remembered through all history. But who knows, guys? Maybe his, this will be where his quotes are remembered. about you. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. uh, it is about me, but uh, yeah, let, me, uh, let me get this set. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's not about me. It was um, a close friend of ours. We went over to his house. The man had 12 children, and we were friends with one of his sons. And his son brought us over to the house to, like, we, I was, what were we, like, Call of Duty, I think, or something like that. It was, like, something, like, me and him had, like, studied or something. So I go over to his house, and he wanted to play Call of Duty. So we played some Call of Duty, and his dad comes in there, and he's talking to us about stuff. And the question that he always gets posed is, how can you have 12 children? And he'd be like a sole provider. Like, that's what it is. He's a sole provider. Yeah. His wife raises the children at home, which is, this is like, what is it? The dream. That's, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it, it right now. But the only reason why I even had the courage to even, like, when Emmy told me she was, my wife told me that she was, um... Quitting her job, she couldn't do anymore. She felt that she was um, being basically told by God to stop working, and that she had to stay at home with the children. And she told me this, and I like, I must have like lost all the color in my face and like clammed up or something. But like that was like one of those moments, you know, where like I'm thinking the way the world would think, which is like, oh no, I can't, I can't do this. How am I going to do this? How am I going to support a family? I want to have a lot of kids. But how am I going to do that? How am I going to do this stuff? The man told me this when I asked him how do you have 12 kids he said God will provide that was it he didn't say anything mm-hmm. else to me in that whole day I'm like God will provide he's like God will provide that's all he said and I was like okay cool so that's that to me is the manosphere because that was one thing that stuck with me and I never lost it even in that situation where I'm like I'm now having to do this yeah I am the sole provider there's no one else doing all this I mean I couldn't stop talking about it for like a month I'm pretty much sure I talked to like every stranger on the street and told them the same thing which is like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna be the only one it's like, <laughs> like, uh, it, it was it was nerve-wracking but that but kept coming back Every time we're talking, any of this kind of stuff, I keep remembering that. It was, God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. Well, and I think you even see it with, like, now with the people from our church. When we hang out with them and we're around others, and it's like a lot of the men in our church have 
you know, they're the sole providers for their family. And, and we go and we're hanging out with them with people outside of our church. And they're looking at like, wow, like, so like, tell me about your guys. And we like, this is our family life. This is whatever. And I think it's like the banter between like us and the people from church. It, it almost is, you mean, I guess you're all right. Are we the new manosphere where it's like, you look at it and you go, wow, that's what we could potentially that's is that how it should be and it's like yeah it should be like it's almost is, like is god it, gives us the tools yeah, is, to- <laughs> is it because again the the god will provide is not this prosperity gospel like oh and you're gonna have millions of dollars you know you're everything's taken care of it's god's going to provide your net the things that are necessary to live mm-hmm. he's going to provide them okay and you need to trust him you need to obey and that's it and i mean look at the israelites in the desert for 40 years uh did they have they have a plethora of everything they could ever want. God gave them their daily bread. God gave them water, and they were good to go. And they my, lived, and they were good. My, uh, my, I remember it very clearly. My children's pastor growing up, he told a story, and it was him getting through college. He he said he he came to Christ uh, as a teenager, and his parents rejected him for it. They let him live in the house until he went to college, and then they said. He, he wanted to go to a Christian college, and they said, if you want to go to the Christian college, then you're doing it yourself. We're not paying for that. We're not helping you out at all. Basically, get out of our house. We don't care what you do. So he was all by himself. He had nothing. He, he wasn't a, an excellent student. This is his story. He wasn't an excellent student, so he didn't have amazing scholarships. But he worked, he worked, he worked. One Sunday afternoon, someone gave him some pocket change, just like, hey, here you go. For your, for your college bill, you know, just nice old lady at church or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Puts it in his cup holder, doesn't think about it. And a year later, he's going to pay for his final semester at Christian College. And he is 97 cents. We'll say that. Short. <laughs> short of... <laughs> short of paying his final bill. And you know what he does? Goes to his car, looks in his cup holder has 97 cents the exact amount of change that he needed from that old lady and that is god's providing you know you're talking about god will provide that is what will happen it's it's not the you know if if we took the the td jakes or the the creflo dollar approach of oh yeah god's going to give us everything we want then why didn't the old lady give him a million dollars? Because that's really what he could have used. <laughs> why didn't he give right. him a private jet so he yeah. could yeah. like, fly why didn't, why faster? Didn't she, to... Why didn't she pay his whole college bill? Why was it only 97 cents? No, that yeah. that woman was being nice and just... What color was her Bugatti? Yeah. <laughs> what color <laughs> was her Bugatti? Yeah. When, when you think know. about God providing like that for families, of course, the first influence at, uh, for, for men growing up, for boys, is their father. And a strong father figure in the house... Is not like we, we talked about it last week, you know, going out to chop to cut up trees, yeah, yeah. do lumberjack work, or to do the uh, to the sifting through the sifting dirt. Pile. Golly, I yeah. listened to that again. I was like, I it was that's that's but and then I was like sitting there, like, why am I like so like with like in awe of it because I'm like, what a good task, yeah. We we <laughs> my dad dumped two dump truck loads of dirt, okay, on our driveway. And I have three older brothers, and one summer our job was sifting through this dirt to get the soil. 
and get rid of the rocks and stones and boulders and gravel that was mixed in. And so that was our job for a summer was sit, hand sifting this dirt to get hand the soil. Sifting. And then after that, I didn't even add this, after we finished sifting it, we dug up the lawn because we had like three sections of lawn and then like two pieces of driveway. Uh, we dug up all the sections of lawn and put the topsoil down and then went and got grass plugs and planted. And we each had a section of lawn that was our responsibility to keep up and maintain. Okay. Okay. And so then we kept, we had planted and we had to weed and keep everything. And Good. then we had a pristine lawn after like a year and a half. But regardless, that was, you know, something we did. And my dad was out there working with us a lot. If he wasn't at work, he was out there with us. The same thing with the logs, where I was saying, like, with my dad cutting, our dad cutting the those that remember the tree fell in the house when we were yeah. kids, <laughs> and then he's like, "I'm become a lumberjack now," and he goes and buys all the stuff, and then he starts cutting the trees up, and then we're rolling the, and I'm doing this in quotes, rolling the huge logs up that little hill on the side of the house, yeah. and Dad was of course pulling the entire amount <laughs> while the three of us with our neighbor across the street is sitting there pushing. Up the hill, we're like, we're so strong, and of course we're not. My father, we're, who we're is doing our best, we yeah. were doing our best at the time. Hey, was enough- yeah, he did, he was there working with. He was the one doing all the work. I, he he yeah. keeps claiming that, but I Aaron, I was old enough to remember there's that. There's no I, way. There's that no story way was did. totally different. It's, it seems these stories get modified over time. At any rate, <laughs> that was the hardest. Uh, that was the hardest couple weeks of my life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the thing but, with, but I would say that you know we for us who have fathers. We have that figure there. Um, these people that the tastes are talking about and all these other people are talking about, usually they appeal, the people these people appeal to are men who do not have fathers. That yeah. is that is the Jordan Peterson, that is the Andrew Tate, and there are all these different paths for you to travel down. Is that right? All right, you better clean your room, bucko. Yes, it is. Um, it's so much but, more in-depth than that. That's <laughs> just the nature your of the room beast. Is, your room is an amalgamation of your mind. <laughs> But that's that actually is he's right. He's not he's not wrong about all that. Again, it's like it's not even the delivery of all because like, like these guys they start off with those truths and they have that's that's the good thing about this is they have these like really base truths that resonate in people because those are the it's the reality of the world we live in. Yeah. It's these base truths. So they say these base truths, but like you have all these different paths for these guys that don't have dads. They're rudderless, they don't know where they're going in life because a mom can't fulfill the function that the father fulfills. The father, she can fulfill some of those pieces, and I'm not going to diss on anyone who is trying to do that. In fact, it's, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but a father fulfills a role that mothers cannot fit into. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they don't have a father, and they have um, they have Andrew Tate, they have Jordan Peterson, um, I wouldn't even call Joe Rogan one of those people. He's mostly just the podcast guy who gets all those guys on his show. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you have all those guys, and you choose your path and where you're going to go on that, and that's your like father figure. But like, where like Jordan Peterson at a time used to like profess Christ. He did. And I don't even know. If, I don't really know if he still does anymore. Because um, I I've heard stuff he said where it's just like not, not that anymore but at the same time, i'm not going to go into all that but yeah he um but again like where like, this is where the church comes into play with these like fatherless kids is like when you go there and you're like i don't know what i'm doing mm-hmm. like i need some help here i'm like stuck on this thing and someone just looks at you and just gives you like two sentences and it just fixes it all and that situation is like i mean my dad didn't talk about like oh christ provide i mean he he said some stuff that might have alluded to that maybe he said it at some point i just didn't hear him but like it's when you're talking to these Christian men 
that you surround yourself with these people and you say like, how did you do that? Like, I'm never not thinking I'm going to have 12 kids, but you never know. Because yeah. he, he's seriously there with a smile on his face, being the only person working at it. God, provi- God will provide. And that's it. It's like, that's, that's the church. The church surrounds us. We have all these different people with all these different walks of life that like can help us on that way. That we don't have to go out and search for the... I keep I'm harping so hard on the Tates right now, and there's there's yeah. such well, a, they're the biggest ones. They're so the, you're right. You attack, you attack the top dog. That's right. Top yeah. the top G. The top G <laughs> will be attacked today. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of going off on that one. But that that's like the that's the real white pill. Is like we we have the structure. God gives us the structure. Um, the church is built around that. It's like. Um, I, I can't even say this right now because I couldn't think of it. It's like, you know, it's one of these things like where timid things being told to like instruct. It, it's that yeah. same sort of stuff. It's like they, it gives you like where the older men are supposed to instruct those underneath them and the young men are supposed to treat them as their like their elders yeah. with respect and as if they're a father. Call them father or sir or what? What was it? The thing that I was trying to get you guys to call me the whole time. It's like call those older than you. Like it was like sir or father or something uh, like I, that. I, I, think I can't was, remember. I think it was now. father. Yeah. yeah. And because that was, you said, yeah. You said, Papa? that's that's it but yeah but but it's like like, if you're if for some reason you're listening to this and you aren't in a bible believing church go find one immediately go find a solid reformed a solid bible believing church go there sit listen find the oldest man in that church and ask him hey can we go get some coffee yeah hey can we can, can, can we get lunch Find the oldest man. Find the pastor. Find someone who is older. Maybe not the oldest in age, but the oldest in their walk with Christ. The key to what you said, though, is the reform part. It's like the Bible-based church. Do not go to these these Church of the Highlands. Um, what's it called? The um, Hill Songs. The that kind of church. Yeah, I would Bethel. not. Uh, yeah, Bethel. Those those mega churches. Do not go there. That's not. I you're not going to find what we're talking about there. And I think that if you're having issues with where, let's say you don't have a dad or you have some sort of thing where you're trying to seek search for a purpose in life, where you're going to find the actual biblical based purpose of your life with real men that can sit down. Like Jeremiah was saying, have a coffee with you, be a leader in your life, help you grow as a man. It's going to be in a church, in a reformed, biblically based church don't go for the big ones go for the smaller closely knit ones you can have you can have many members but where you can actually approach the pastor and talk to him you can have an actual one-on-one relationship with a deacon or with one of just the men in the church like you'll be able to find the influence that you need in this life where you won't have to have a tate or a fresh and fit or a sneako or a jordan peterson or a Jocko willing tell you any of the stuff you can use it. Okay, not most of it. The good stuff you can use as su- as supplements to what you're going to learn mm-hmm. at this church. And and I guess with that you could well, say that the church is the real manosphere here. Yeah. And that's I mean I think it was Spurgeon. <laughs> How did we end up with that? <laughs> Spurgeon Spurgeon said, "Visit many good books, but live in the Bible." Right. So it's not immoral mm-hmm. to That's, yes. visit these other Jordan Peterson. I I listened to his whole Maps of Meaning podcast and that was a that was a great lecture series. It's an actual college level in like psychology 301 course that he just put on Spotify for free. 
and YouTube that you can listen to. And his uh, his analysis of Pinocchio, the the <laughs> Disney movie Pinocchio, is legitimately one of the most profound things I have ever listened to. It, it, it is unparalleled. You'd think, how can I listen to a man talk for six hours on one movie going frame by frame and about everything that went into it? And you will come away from it not just with a greater appreciation for classic Disney movies, but with just this immense appreciation for storytelling and the psychology that goes into it in general. Jordan Peterson, uh, Matt Walsh, any of those sorts of, you know, you think of Jocko Willink, ha. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm like trying they're, to... They're having a seizure, <laughs> seizure every name that gets read off. It's a- they, you know, they might have good things to say. They might have valid opinions, but live in the Bible. Listen to them in as much as they agree with the Bible. And if you're not part of a good, solid church, get to one. And and something I do think we should end on, if you don't have a, you have something. Well, I was going to say, like, the way you find one of those churches, because a lot of people say, like, what do you mean find a church like that? You say it's reformed. It's all this, how, how do you find that church? You go in there and they say, if they say the words, open your Bible, you're on to a good, <laughs> you're off to a great start. Or okay? if your pastor gets up and starts preaching out of Psalms is at the very beginning of the sermon, right after you like do an opening song. There you go. How many times do you pray a, uh, a non-repeated prayer? Like, you know, instead of, hey, we're going to say this prayer, you actually just, someone is praying from their heart. That might be a good sign as well. But um, the the thing I would be, encouraging people to do is find pastors or Christians who would be doing the quote-unquote manosphere type things from a Christian perspective. And who do I mean by that? Vody Bauckham. Vody Bauckham has a 600-pound squat. Vody Bauckham, yep. He is a, a massive man. And it's hilarious to see him in a suit. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I can't. He is a man's man, to say the least. He he is an incredibly large dude, a, a massive athlete. He is a Renaissance man in the sense that he has in, incredible knowledge on any topic. You know, he the way he talks is great. He's an amazing orator. Those sorts of things are awesome. And he also is highly focused on what the gospel. Paul Washer is another great example. He is highly focused on the gospel, and he is highly focused on what can you do as a man to better yourself for the glory of Christ. Paul Washer, Steve Lawson, John MacArthur. Stay away from, I've seen Mark Driscoll is making a comeback. Be careful with these young, restless, reformed crowd that they died off, and now they're starting to come back. These neo-Calvinist groups of like i said the young restless and reformed if you want a good answer to that let's read john macarthur's articles uh what was it uh, slow down grow up keep reforming right read, read those articles and you'll see why you should stay away from people like mark driscoll for me ending words would be there is a really good example of a man maybe we should all follow and this guy's name was jesus christ who's in the bible and I know everyone will sit here and go, well, Christ was kind and, and, and gentle and he, and he was loving, and you're right. But also look at what he did when he needed to stand up 
for what was good and what was right and what was correct. And when he stood up for him and his father in front of the Pharisees, or when he was asked and questioned and tempted by the devil, what he did in those moments, and when the all of the merchants and, and, and shopkeepers or whatever had taken over the temple and made it into a marketplace in what he did. I mean, I remember I talked to some people like, well, well, Christ, you know, you know, I, I mean, he was he was timid and he was kind, whatever. No, no, Christ spoke what was correct and what was truthful. And Christ took action on what was right and what was truthful. And your phone just went off for the first time, wow. not mine. Wow. Wow. So, and this is during silent. this point. Wow. How dare you? And and he died for our sins. He laid down his life for all of us. And set the example for what men should be towards their wives and how men should live their lives. And it's right there in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can read the rest of the New Testament as well. And it all points out to all the things that he did and how we should live as men. So if you don't want to go to the church and you don't feel comfortable in that, then why don't you just open up the word and there's a perfect example for you right there of how you should be a man, how you should treat women, how you should treat your wife, how you should treat other people, and how you should live. And if you don't want to go to church, go to church. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, a, that was a great bow. Well, Aaron has thoughts. No, Aaron doesn't have no, thoughts. Aaron, Aaron you know, guys, has... I think that was a great bow. That's <laughs> a bow. That was a bow. Thanks for wow. having me on again. So this, we, is a, this is a lot yes. of fun. This is a lot well, of fun. Well, Jeremiah said we had. He wanted to have another guest, and he said he was going to think about it, but he wanted you on, and he said, "I get me Aaron. I got to have Aaron." Yes. <laughs> the fans, fans out there, you asked for it, and I came back. So, That's right. Uh, thank Raisin, you so Raisin, much. Raisin, do you have anything to say? Raisin has nothing to say. Raisin. This episode was on the Manosphere and why you guys are wrong about it. We appreciate you listening. And I think, I, I want to reiterate, I think that we found the Manosphere is actually lives somewhere else than what the internet tells you it does. That's right. Um, or at least it should. So maybe you guys should look into that. Um, might help you out with life, and I hope it does. I really do. I hope that a lot of young men maybe hear this episode and you know try to figure out a new way of figuring their lives out it would be a great thing to see next week we will be doing an episode on why you're wrong about pda in church aaron what does pda mean public display of affection that's right it does and so we'll be talking about that in church that should be a fun one i'll have to think back to when i was 15 or 16 with my girlfriend her parents said you can't hold hands in church and i was not okay with that and your heart went bitter (laughs) (laughs) anyway jeremiah where can people find us online aaron where can they find us on twitter i don't remember actually i looked it up last time go ahead at f underscore o underscore y underscore w or you can find us on Instagram at First Off You're Wrong or TikTok at First Off You're Wrong. If you want to listen to the show, you can listen to it at Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. <sighs> and with that, just remember the most important lesson of today is first off, you're wrong. Say Bye-bye. it! No! <laughs> you messed it up! Bye bye. <laughs> I was I was too dramatic. Oh, it's too dramatic. <laughs>